0: Welcome, ladies and gents, to an outdoor edition of the Fans Eye View. We've got the MCG in the background somewhere over there in the distance, but definitely the Melbourne skyline. And with me is an award winning. Oh, stop it. Audio <laughs> extraordinaire, <laughs> Nikki G. But a question without notice, mate. Yep. This is all about grand. It's not grand final weekend yet. It's not even preliminary final weekend yet. It's all about silly season, it's all about trades. Yes. Have you heard the big news? You can break the big news, in fact. This happened about five minutes before jumping on air. Yes. It's What's still... the big news that's going to shock the listeners mm. as they come into the second biggest weekend of football this year?
1: Yeah, well, fresh off the press, Jacob Kaczynski, Hawthorne's tall forward, has requested a trade to Richmond. And, uh, yeah, a very interesting one. My first, my initial reaction, I was a bit surprised by that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't seem like he was a forward in favour in Sam Mitchell's lineup. So, and he was out of contract. So, to be requesting a trade to Richmond, obviously they must like something in him, and they see an opportunity there with Jack Rewalt retiring and um, Tom Lynch coming back from a serious injury. So, there must be opportunity in that Richmond forward line. And, you know, all the best to him. Um, he started off his career on fire at Hawthorne. He had a real breakout season a few years ago, but just hasn't been able to follow up. Um, but, yeah, who knows? With the right opportunity and coaching and system, maybe it could work for him.
0: But as a fan, as a Hawthorne fan, are you sad to see him
1: go? Not really. I think halfway through the season, my my thoughts on Kaczynski was that he might not be offered a new contract. So I kind of prepared, I was prepared for him to not be with the club next season, but um, maybe delisted and I, I didn't think any other clubs would be all that keen on him to be quite honest with you. But there is a shortage of tall talent, both at, in, as a key forward and a key de, key defenders in the market. So I guess, yeah, maybe, maybe I was wrong and obviously Richmond, they seem to be pretty keen.
0: Yeah, I suppose the club at Richmond has had a, a history of going after, I suppose, recycled talent, but usually yep. it's been more top end. So, like, you know, Toronto coming across from from uh, yep. from the, the Giants has been like the most obvious example in most recent times. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know. Tom Lynch from from the Gold Coast Suns as well so that's usually been the top up of of, of talent obviously they've yeah I don't know in the rebuild stage now they're obviously seeing something but it's very very interesting to see someone who's struggling to break into the 22 of the third last team in the competition demanding and Pointing to the sun, so pointing to the stars, and saying, yeah. "I want to go play at Richmond," which you know, great, great for the club. Obviously, he thinks Richmond's a good place to be. But um, yeah. in terms of like a bold move, I can't wait to see what uh, Kane Corn has to say on his uh, Friday special tomorrow yeah. about a player that's you know ranked 40th at his yeah. club saying where he wants to play next year.
1: Well, it must be Richmond as well. Obviously, they've got um, limited draft picks at hand this season because, as you mentioned, they did trade a few of them to for Toronto and Hopper last season. So maybe it's time for them just to take a few risks on some young players that haven't been getting opportunities at other clubs. Mm. So maybe they just tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, um, if your exit meeting doesn't go well at Hawthorne, we're here for you if you yeah. need it. We can so. offer
0: you pick seven yeah. of round seven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on to our fans views. i got a couple of questions for you. Yep. And so the first relates to last weekend. It's like, would you, it's a would you rather? Yep. Would you rather win a grand final but never win a home funnel ever again. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Or uh, have a great home funnel record but never win a grand final. Footy's all about winning premierships. So is so it okay win. then that Melbourne won their drought-breaking famous drought-breaking premiership yeah. in
1: Perth? Uh I think if you, you know if you spoke to a Melbourne supporter they they're not letting go of that 2021 premiership. Mm. That that was a drought-breaking uh, grand final win that they've been craving for decades so although although it must be painful for them now because they are in that window and you know they, they weren't there for the grand final victory um, and they haven't really experienced that final win in a few years I still think they'd prefer the premiership
0: you'd have to you would think so you would yeah. think so but there's something really off I suppose now at Melbourne but I've never seen a team kind of lose in that fashion two weeks in a row exactly the same way yeah, uh, people would say arguably they were the dominant team both weeks, yeah. and let one slip. Collingwood, you can kind of excuse because Collingwood were the you know the top team of the year, but again to repeat and just have yeah. such such dominance and then just have the inability to put on the scoreboard does seem does seem very odd. Do you reckon it's the
1: pressure of playing at home in front of bigger crowds than they were at you know where was it Perth in that year? Um, obviously playing in front of your home. Home fans or against sixty thousand Carlton fans who would have been there at the MCG the other night who were extremely loud. Do you reckon that pressure just gets to Melbourne a little bit? I did see something during the week. Campbell Brown, maybe I think it was, was saying that it was calling out Melbourne for being a bit mentally weak. He used a specific word. I can't really remember it, but um, maybe maybe they are a bit like that. I'm not too sure. I suppose
0: personnel-wise, if scoring seems to be their issue and in like clutch moment scoring as well. They're very inefficient and very inaccurate in front of goal. Yeah. They don't really have, oh, you said key, key forward yes. stock is yeah. very low. Yeah. And so, you know, you see many games where it's not usually the grand funnel, but usually the funnels and the, the key home away games where a key forward would stand up and you kicks mm. six, like Tom Hawkins, for instance. Yeah. You know, that's that's the quintessential person I come to mind with like, we need we need a couple of goals. Yeah. And then for Richmond it's been Tom Lynch, you know. Now it's yeah. Jeremy Cameron for Geelong, you know? Yeah. And the same thing with Collingwood, although they've finished on top, they think this is the same the same question mark. So maybe it's just that. Like their game style and their personnel means that they can be dominant yeah. without actually putting teams away.
1: Yeah. And I, like you said, th- this final series, I think there's been a massive emphasis on how important key position plays are at both ends of the ground. Stephen May was fantastic the mm. other night for Melbourne. Um, Jacob Weedering was for, for Carlton as well. And at the other end of the ground, I thought um, even though Kerno didn't kick a bag of goals, I thought he was extremely important for Carlton. But yeah, I think Melbourne were just lacking that key target they kept bombing it long and no one was able to really take that big mark and Fritch was maybe their strongest target up forward but he just um, he's obviously a smaller frame than some of your traditional key forwards so yeah they they seriously lack those um, forward options and I'm sure that'll be a a key area for them to fix in this off season. Well, uh, again, not to talk trades, but let's talk trades. Uh, Grundy put his hand
0: up and say he wants to go to Sydney. Yeah. Any other whispers. Grundy, I have yeah. not actually heard Grundy say that in a, any recorded medium. <laughs> it's always you know someone said someone maybe he thought this on a piece of paper once, but um yes, the rumours are that he wants to go to Sydney. Mm. Who from Sydney could they get in a straight swap? Do you reckon?
1: It's an interesting one. There, there were a few available um, like throughout the season. I know there was um, uh, McLean and uh, Amadi who were, you know, spoken about a little bit, but they've both re-signed. Um, was the key defender in defence. Again, he's re-signed. So there's not, again, there's not really too much there um, that I think that would, you know, take Melbourne's interest. But um, I don't know. Maybe it'll just take a draft pick. There there is a lot of money involved in Grundy's current contract, Mm. obviously from his Collingwood days. So Sydney will have to take that on board. And for Melbourne to um, let Sydney do that, I guess. um, Yeah, I I don't think there would be too much in exchange for Grundy at the moment. His value isn't too high. So you wouldn't be giving up too much for him. And could you see, I suppose the other way you do it is like a three-way trade do you think
0: there's any key forwards playing for lower-ranked clubs? I'm surprised, you know. Uh, our, our dear friend uh, Kaczynski didn't uh, put his hand up and try and play for Melbourne. maybe yeah. need to get a bit, a bit of key forward talent there as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, who do you think is, like, the best up-and-coming forward that could slot into that and offer a, a key marking option for Melbourne?
1: Who's available or just, or in, just general? in general? just
0: in because you don't have to be available. You can get. You can ask for a trade yeah. contract as well, so.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I guess it's a hard one. Uh, obviously, you, you, you just look at the, uh, the the Coleman medal list from this se- season and you see plenty of young key forwards. Obviously, I think Larkey from North Melbourne it would be right up there, but I don't think he's gettable. And Harry Mackay, maybe. Like I know he hasn't been fantastic at Carlton this season, but he has won a Coleman medal Mm. and he's, I wouldn't say he's out of favor yet at the blues, but he has struggled with confidence and maybe a fresh start is what he needs. So I think there could be something there. Now is that not just the
0: Ben bound trap that Melbourne's been down before? You take a forward that had once won a Coleman. He's starting to wave off in form for a club that's not as good as you are, but he'll do it for us. Mm. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, you can play there. In fact, that's been there. All their big trades actually have been that. So Ben Brown come from North. Yeah. Didn't perform. Ends up in the twos. Grundy, all going to have the best one-two-rock combo in the competition. Ends up in the twos. So basically, you know, kind of comes across. Kane Corns already says that uh, that Carlton is better without him
1: yeah so uh yeah who knows I yeah you're right but i i do think i I wouldn't be giving up on mccoy just yet i think he's still a quality player at his best so yeah watch this space what to do now so you've always been an acolyte of the premiership cup haven't you yeah i have if they're ever going to name the premiership cup after somebody if it's not rhombarazzi
0: It'll never be anyone else. No. Some sad news now. The other big story of the week was uh, that the dear beloved Ron Barassi, the best moustache in the history of yes. football, yep. sadly passed away. Um, when you go back through all of your stats, he's got crazy, crazy, like just milestones and achievements in his career premierships as a player, premierships as a coach. Got and Sydney off the ground. Many of them as well. Yes, many, many, many of them. Yeah. Uh should the AFL trophy be named after Ron Barassi?
1: Yep. I, I saw this discussion happening a lot on Twitter. I'm all for it. I, I like the idea of it to be honest, because like you said, like when we're naming a prim- premiership if we're naming a premiership cup after someone, it has to be someone who's won it. Ton, many times. Many yeah. times. And he did so as a player and a coach. Mm. And not only that, but he's been involved in so many clubs. So it's not like we're just being biased to one club's legend. Yeah. He's North Melbourne, he's Melbourne, he's Carlton, he's Sydney. Um, So makes sense. I think he ticks all the boxes. And I like the idea of having a trophy named after hmm. someone. So, um, you know, we've, we've already got the Brownlow and the, the Norm Smith and, um, yeah, the the Jock Hale for the coach on yeah. grand final day. And the so Kellen Plate for yeah. the minor premier. Well, there you go. So why not just – The yeah, Barassi Cup. Yeah, I think it's the right time.
0: Yeah. And has a great name too.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: Now Rolls presenting the, the Barassi Cup. That's Love it. it. Love it. So, uh, yes, our condolences to the Barassi family and, um, yes, may he be respected and celebrated in all the best ways. And then the last big news story this week was the AFL-CBA. Something that gets mentioned a lot, and I reckon fans, honestly... Don't really care. Don't really care. No, it doesn't really... Um, it's, it's industry stuff. Yeah. It's, it's the stuff you don't... You know, the rules about a dinner party, you don't talk about your finances, you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about <laughs> politics. We are breaking those Correct. rules all the time Yeah, over dinner parties now as, as modern uh, communicators and millennials. But uh, yeah. it is kind of boring and, like, sure, like... Yeah, no, I don't know. The average wage of a footballer now is half a million dollars. Kudos. You only get to play for six years, make the money while you can before you blow out both ACLs. The uh, women's um, pays an increase by about 100%, which is awesome. They deserve it as well. And they're going to get full-time contracts and pregnancy leave and all that good stuff. The big talking point in terms of fans, though, is uh, the first round draft picks will now be locked in to their clubs for a compulsory three-year contract. Yeah. Is that good for the clubs, the players, the fans, everyone or no
1: one? I think it's good for mostly everyone. Um, Obviously, maybe not for those young players who don't want to be playing interstate. Mm -hmm. That's why I think they brought this in was so that those, you know, those homesick players... um, probably don't pull the trigger and say they want to come home too early, yeah. i.e. Jason Horn francis after one year. So I think what three years does yeah. is that it it, it's, it tells them, um, you know, give it a good crack. Yeah. I know you're only young, 18 years old or 19, but give yourself three years and you might, you know, enjoy mm. it. You might, that homesickness might just go away. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea to make it three years. I don't th- think many of the young players will like it. Who knows? We'll have to ask them. But yeah, it's an interesting one. And um, yeah, I think it, it's, it's good for the clubs and the fans, I think. Mm.
0: And so there has been some criticism that it, like currently it's two years and there's been um, a lot of emphasis around like you're going to rob the top 10 players, for instance, out of a really good contract. Yeah. Um, in their third year. In reality, you just have to wait just one more year. Yeah, and if you are that good, then chances are you're going to be in the in the league for at least a couple of a couple of years. So you will get to you get the chance to make that contract. Yeah. And we see it in the NFL, we see it in the NBA. And if we're being really brutal, it is about the clubs maintaining like mm. control over that talent. Yeah. But on the flip side, whilst those talented players come in in the top ten pick, the clubs are the still ones that make them you spend two years at a club and all of a sudden yeah. you go well now I want to go play for whoever's in the top four but mm. well, the club still paid and made made you and developed you and spent resources on you and invested in you so yeah. I think three years is long enough to say does this work or does this not whereas yeah. two you know you spend your first year not really you know ready to play unless you're a freak yeah. and then so I think it's I think it's fair enough yeah. With, like, yes, it's restrictive, but also, you know, these are 18-year-old kids that need to be looked after, and I think the yeah, three years helps them out, as you said, and takes the stress and pressure off of, like, having yeah. to play every week to make sure you get
1: a good contract yeah, exactly. the year after. So. Yep. Makes sense. Let's
0: talk some footy. Let's talk some completely many funnels. But first, back by popular demand of one, that being me, <laughs> uh, you used to be the man who does trivia. Yeah, yeah. And Binder, uh, yeah. you <laughs> once, with our with our dear ex-colleague of ours, James Zabo, took down the great Mike Sheehan at a trivia one night, I believe. Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs> you took yep. him
0: down. So yep. I've got some uh, preliminary final trivia questions for you. Yeah. And it's all based around some of the hype, which we'll then critique afterwards. But um, question one, since 2009, there's only been one home underdog the oh, plenary final. Oh Who was it and in what year? So, this is obviously based off odds.
1: Yes. Like yes. betting odds. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, this is extremely difficult. Um, oh, God. Um, well, the two that come to mind would be 2020 because there was a lot of home teams playing away from home. Yep. So, that, so, I think about that. And then 2016, there was obviously a lot of upsets. Um, GWS went pretty far bulldogs obviously um, and and Sydney but oh God I, I can't even think of the prelim finals at the top of my head who played who um, I need a pen and paper to figure this one out <laughs>
0: if I was to give you a clue yeah uh, the team that was the favorite was your club the team that w- was the favorite now that's interesting so you Hawthorne, Hawthorne played an away plenary final.
1: Well, then it must be the only away prelim we had in that time was against Fremantle in 2015.
0: Yes, 2015. Fremantle was really?
1: the home underdog That's interesting. against Hawthorne. Fremantle finished top of the ladder that year. They did. And I remember going into that game thinking, oh, well, everyone thought Fremantle were going to win. So it's interesting to hear that the odds were in our favour. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And, yeah, they, were, and they were correct. And they were correct
0: because you belted them. <laughs> uh, second question. Back to the odds as well. Since yeah. two thousand and nine, what was the biggest prelim funnel
1: upset? Jeez. Um, oh, there's been a few, but would it be Collingwood GWS GWS yes. beating Collingwood? So basically, it it's, a, it's basically it's a tie by a couple of cents.
0: So the Giants in twenty nineteen yeah. were three dollars fifty nine outsiders against Collingwood. Yeah. And then the Bulldogs against the Giants in 2016 oh, okay. were $3.65 yeah. outside as well. So True. they've been the two equal ones. And the, uh, I'll get to that about the Carlton game because I've, I've got a narrative that needs to really pretty much get, get in the bin because um, yeah it's not the same as 99, that's for sure. <laughs> and then that just uh, – uh, sorry the last question here is in the last 10 years, how many times has the away team won
1: the prelip? Well, I just named two of them there, Hawthorne, Frio and GWS. Uh, Bulldogs obviously beat GWS as well. That's mm-hmm. three. Um, ooh, I, yeah, again, I need a pen and paper for this, but I'm going to just go with a – I'll throw a dart at five. five eight. Eight, that Eight many. of the last 20
0: prelims have been won by the away team. Interesting of course Collingwood yep. were the
1: away team against Richmond that's another one Yeah Yeah if I thought about this properly Yeah um, so it's nearly 50-50 there you go. So it doesn't really ma- really matter. Doesn't
0: really matter where you're playing them. Um, and Brisbane <laughs> keeps finding out when they get the uh, home home prelims in Brisbane and getting getting absolutely belted like they did against. John oh, Long. true.
1: There's been a few of those as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fair enough.
0: And so that's the other last myth was about you know the best weekend in uh in footy yeah. is preliminary final weekend. Yeah. Let's just go through some of the previous preliminary finals. So last year we had the one point win by Sydney. Yeah. Because that was a pretty good game. Then the margin of 71 points in the other preliminary funnel last year. Right. The year before, 71 and 83. Yeah. Uh, with the two preliminary final margins. 40 points the year before. They've had a couple of tight ones, but in the last, again, in the last 10 years, there's only been five single-digit preliminary funnel yeah. Otherwise, the average is about 33 points.
1: Yeah. Well, I think this week, you know, obviously this is going to be an obvious statement, but the, the odds are reflective to, I guess, the vibe heading into prelim final week. Even though Collingwood have been by far and wide the best team this season um, over a consistent basis, you kind of get the feeling like they could easily get beaten as well by mm. the Giants because the Giants are the best, are the most informed team in the comp. And then, same with Carlton, they're just riding this massive wave of momentum. And even though it's at the Gabba against Brisbane, who haven't lost there this season, you, you wouldn't, you always wouldn't bet against Carlton in a sense. So, Yeah, it's extremely close and hard to predict. Absolutely. And if you're going to use your maths brain,
0: if you know, it's currently 40% to 60%. So, 60% of the time the home team wins in the last 10 years, 40% the away team wins. Therefore, if the odds don't match up to 60, 40, then uh, you got yourself some advantage. Yep. Here's your free math lesson. Let's get in <laughs> to the funnels preview. It starts Friday night, Collingwood versus the Giants. And suddenly we ooh, finally ooh, get ooh. our moment in the sun that the Pies are two wins away from finally doing it, finally getting that grand funnel victory that they've been hoping for for so very, very long. So before we preview who we think will win, mm-hmm. who do you want to win? Because I'm getting a bit sick of being told <laughs> that I need to be backing for the Giants. Really? And like, uh, kudos to the Giants social media yeah. team all week. They've had, you know, like these <laughs> countries that want to like hope that Colin would lose yeah. and like, why we should all back for and you guys. Telling everyone to buy the Orange, orange hivies. Hivies. Yep. <laughs> I understand it. It's funny. It's great. Yeah. But then it perviates into every podcast I and mean, then it perviates into Waitley and SEN and then it perviates everywhere. And it's just like, oh, wouldn't it be, a, you should be backing for the Giants this weekend. Yeah. Well, I'm a Victorian. Yeah I have Collingwood friends yeah. Or associates You know we can't call them friends obviously Because they bang for Collingwood Yeah But it would mean so much to them If they won Yeah So why can't I bang? You know There's like this Collingwood team You know Their yeah. coach is amazing Dacos is amazing Like they've got some good characters Yeah So I think I want Collingwood to win Yeah Who do you want to win
1: Again, it could go either way. Obviously, I'm like you. I've got Collingwood friends and um, you kind of want to see a Collingwood-Carlton grand final as well just for the sake of it. So I'm kind of barracking for that too. I also have a small bet – Gamble responsibly on Collingwood to win the Premiership, thanks to Better. But yeah, Better might go bust this year, I reckon. Yeah, they definitely. I'm, I've been receiving a lot of text messages from them <laughs> lately. But um, yeah, so obviously I've got a few factors um, in favour of Collingwood. But then again, yeah, G, G, GWS. <laughs> You want the you, the natural instinct as uh, as a sports fan is wanting to wanting the underdog to win. So. And you say the underdog, and yes, they are literally the underdog in the sense of
0: they yeah. are predicted to be less likely to win than Collingwood. Yes, but they're not the underdog in terms of like form, not form, but also not the underdog in terms of like they're not a, they're not a like a down and it's not this is not the doggies of two thousand and sixteen.
1: No, but they they were fourth last, like. Halfway yeah, but through this the season. Is again equalisation. <laughs> like, this is the other one was like, oh my
0: god, they were fifteenth, like by like round twelve or something. And I was like, yeah. I don't care because the gap between fifteenth and fourth was like two wins. It was, but it's still pretty impressive. Oh yeah, to be in a Yeah, at yeah this but they like, like, just like, they went up. Uh, yeah, everyone goes yeah. up. Like, oh, they've gone up like you know seven <laughs> spots I, in the ladder, yeah, and it's like I no, they went up. They went up two spots. It was like, extremely they up, close. Exactly. So
1: yeah. they went from equal, yeah, equal seventh to to equal fifth. Like yeah. it's not. And, it, yeah. and having a GWS Brisbane Grand Final would just be so anticlimactic when we've been talking about Collingwood-Carlton or even Collingwood-Brisbane, um, mm. like the early 2000s clashes. So, yeah, I'd probably want Collingwood just for the narrative. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't, any people who want to see a Giants-Brisbane final are the people who want to go watch a Grand Final who haven't been before. Who could get tickets? Yeah, if that's exactly. if that's the uh, that's exactly. the risk, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the spectacle, that's the worst <laughs> case scenario. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I don't think uh, the AFL would let it happen. But that's you yeah. know conspiracy corner of, of Reddit. So that we've laid our colours in the sand. Let's get into some nitty gritty analysis. Uh huh. Um, first thing, I'm going to ask you to do the impossible and go inside Braden Maynard's head. Mm. Do you think the whole hullabaloo about him caving in a Brayshaw's face is going to affect how he plays this week, or will he just be rolling back in ready to rough and tumble with Toby Green with the best of them?
1: Yeah, he, he only knows one way how to play the game. Maynard, he's a he's a tough bugger. I know a lot of words get thrown around about him on social media, about being like a fake tough guy. I don't believe into that. I'd love Braden Maynard on my team and especially in a prelim final, you need those kind of those hardened up players. So, and you're going up against, against Toby Green, who I think... At this moment of time, is the best player in the competition. Well, yeah, all-Australian captain. Who
0: would have thought five uh, years ago when he's kicking blokes in the face yeah. that he would be all-Australian captain?
1: Yeah. It's been – yeah, he's matured over the years. It's been a meteoric, meteoric rise for Toby Green. Um, and I love him. I've always said he's, he's always been like – for the last few years anyway, he's been top five. Plays in the comp for me, um, and he, it's going to be an extremely difficult task to shut him down in a prelim. So yeah, Maynard and the Collingwood defence will have their hands full. Quaynor as well. You just have to play hard. It's a prelim. Just don't think about the the following week. You think about winning on the night. So yeah, uh, the
0: impossible thing. But actually, you're you're a man of Twitter or X, and uh, you know that's <laughs> full of wannabe coaches. Yeah. You're now Fly McRae. Where do you play Dacos on the weekend? Midfield. See, so he, he slots straight back into the Adams role, despite yep. halfback being his potentially Bramley-winning position.
1: Yeah, I'd be... Yeah, probably There'll probably be a mixture of it, um, but I think the GWS midfield is extremely dangerous and if they get on top that's where the game will be won and lost um, they've obviously got a dominant Ruckman GWS with Briggs as well you want your best players in the midfield and like you said Adams isn't there um, they need to be bringing in that's a bit of class Collingwood and yeah uh, I mean I don't think the Giants will be tagging Dacos. So put him on the ball, make him get 30 plus touches. I know he can get that off halfback as well. And yes, he is damaging in that position, Um, but I I wouldn't mind him in the middle of the ground, to be honest.
0: And in terms of form, everyone's talking about how the Giants are in the greatest form, you know, coming into this, uh, into this game because of their final performances. But how much of that is actually like, have they forced their opponents into playing poorly or did they just face poor opponents? You obviously didn't rate St Kilda. Yeah, they had, a, I would say, a fairly comfortable win over St Kilda, and then last yeah. week they destroyed Port in eleven minutes. Yeah, and yes, it was an amazing display of football ferocity. But I think some of the blame also goes to Port, as it always does, I suppose. They and like it wasn't, it wasn't as tough and as gritty as what people are saying. Like, you know, they're match hardened, they're ready to roll. Like, here we go. I think they've had some pretty even even Carlton in the last round of the home and away a, a season. That win itself, again, just showed, I think, more about Carlton than it did about the Giants. Like, is, does this form stack up about being the best of the best in the competition, or are they yet to actually face off against some of the of calibre of Collingwood?
1: Yeah, I get your point. But then again, like, you can only beat who you play. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, they, they're they 9-2 and two since the bye. So that's impressive. And they've won games away from home, which is what really impresses me. Like, yeah, they, they beat... Port Adelaide at a hostile Adelaide Oval even though St Kilda even though I didn't really rate St Kilda that much they still beat them they still came to the MCG and won which teams like Brisbane haven't been able to do lately Um, and you mentioned Carlton again just before the home and away season finished they were able to knock the Blues off at Marvel Stadium wherever they go they've got this belief about them that they can win Mm. and I think that is massive especially going into again another away game as Collingwood they, they've got that mentality that you know, no matter who they play, no matter where it is, they can win games of football. And yeah, again, the, the record speaks for itself and nine it's, and two. It
0: is a team kind of built in the in the mystique of Toby Green in the sense yeah. that Toby Green is a character who I think enjoys being the hill like the villain, the villain, yeah. the heel. And so, I think that's the same with the it, Giants now. Like they they, they do bought into they it. bought into it and they go like not only do we want to like beat these teams in these tough situations? We want their crowd to like yep. be, be deathly silent by the time we're done with them. Yeah. We're like going to start off loud and noisy. You know, I, was, I was at the St Kilda game and they did that. St Kilda started off loud and noisy yeah. and by the time we got the three quarter time yeah. the crowd was a bit silent and then like well yeah, that's they, it. They, they, they broke us.
1: <laughs> they, they've faced it enough times now that they've become masters of it. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how they deal with that Collingwood crowd on Friday night. And uh, some more trivia for you. Full of trivia
0: this week. Uh <laughs> Which which team has the best finals record
1: of the last five years? Percentage wise? Win loss. You're yeah, yeah, giving me some tough ones. Yeah. Um t- I don't know the placement of this trivia question. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to assume it's either Collingwood or GWs. I'll go with the Giants. It's the Giants. So they yeah. have a six and two
0: finals record in the last five years. This is care of uh, the Reddit user Slippery Bant- Banticoot. <laughs> um, so hit him up if it's wrong because I'm 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 thinking in my head maybe it could be wrong. Um, any team that has oh there's no team with a better percentage win rate, and the only team close is Richmond with five and two record. Um, What's weird is they have, yeah, 75% win record in finals and yep. then the Giants only have a 48% win record in the regular season in the last five years.
1: They, they show up to big
0: games. They show up to big games. So they are born for funnels. Collingwood, on the other hand, is 50-50 in funnels. Yep. Um, so, yeah, very, very uh, yeah, patchy in their form recently. Um, and the same with Collingwood they like, did Collingwood get lucky against Melbourne in that first week because yeah. everyone's saying everyone's been saying you know Melbourne were the better team they had, the, they had the more dominance you know at the end of the day the scoreboard is the only thing that matters but mm. you know you don't win too many games being minus 30 in inside
1: 50s yeah yeah and that's what that's what would worry me if I was a Collingwood supporter going into this week. Seeing the way that the Giants are playing right now, they're just ruthless. They attack. They run. Very hard running team. And what we've seen from Collingwood over the last few weeks, um, or even as far back as you know the buys, I think the whole second half of the season really. I don't think they've been as dominant as the first half of the season. They haven't been playing their best footy. Um, they used to have that thing about them where, you know, if they were trailing at three quarter time, they could come back. We haven't seen that in a while. And I, I, I feel like their best footy comes in the first, second quarter. And, but if you stick with them up until half time, you will run over the top of them in the second half.
0: Well, maybe by half time, but not by three quarter time. So, care of our friends at our champion Dada. The Magpies have a hundred percent win rate. Leading at three-quarter time this year, they have fourteen from fourteen. So this That's match, what, as yeah. you said, so and again, the, the the um the blueprint was there for Melbourne when like you know they punched Melbourne in the face first quarter, and yeah. then they basically just turned it off and was yep. like, we'll just maintain this lead. And so basically, especially with the crowd at the MCG, if they are you know four or five goals up a quarter time, yeah, it's basically all over because it's going to have to yes. be tight. To, to take the crowd out of it. And yes, the Giants have played in front of big crowds. They've beaten big crowds, yeah. but, uh, but if the Giants it's are in with, a couple of goals. Exactly. If it gets if it's nervous yeah. coming in, then uh, that'd be something very different. Yeah. Um what's your what's your tip then? Where are you leading towards with this one?
1: To be honest, I am a massive fan of even though I wanted Pies to win, I just think the Giants will. I really believe they are the best team in the competition right now. Based on form, based on
0: form, and actually, I think based on like players as well. You go line by line, like Collingwood, great team. Yep. Daycos could win the Brownlow. We'll get to that end of the episode. Yep. But other than Daycos, who is the super scary superhero that you're like? Oh, I hope that team. Doesn't, I hope that player doesn't rip me apart on the weekend. Like,
1: yeah, obviously, like t- Darcy Moore can be that defender, but I think you know if you've got a good forward line, like that could kind of cancel each other out. And yeah, like you said, the Giants, every line that they have, they are superior. They've got stars on every line. They've unearthed a really good Ruckman this year in Briggs. They've got the best midfield in the competition right now. Uh, They've got three tall forwards in Callum Brown, Jesse Hogan, and uh, Jake Riccardi. They've got three key defenders, which is just a luxury to have at this point um, and the, it got to I think was it Haynes who was the sub last week or the week before like he would be in anyone else's best 22 as you know one of the key defenders um, in anyone's lineup but he was the fourth choice sitting as a sub hmm. So, and the class players, Sam Taylor, Himmelberg, everyone wanted Himmelberg when he was available halfway through the season as a trade option um, for next year. And um, yeah, Connor Idon as well, I think is a very underrated player. So, and then obviously you've got your stars like Toby Green, Lockie Whitfield, Josh Kelly, Stephen Cornelio. They are loaded. They have the best team in the competition and they are the best team They're playing like it. I've been waiting for this for years. And I said it at the start of the year, they are my smokey to make finals. I think a lot of people wrote them off, but yeah, here we are. And I think they, they could easily win. Mm-hmm. And they, um, there's been a lot of similarities being drawn between all the parallels from previous
0: funnel series, but I think the most obvious, and it's been done to death on the SEN because uh, that's where Bucks does his radio work. But is the 2018 uh, 2018 Pies? Yeah, who yep. beat Richmond in the, uh, in, the yes. in the prelim, yep. and went on to lose by a kick to, to West Coast. But they are that they are that good. And again, this year is a bit weird in terms of finishing outside the, the top four, and how much that matters. Because, like, obviously, that was the miracle of the dog. Whereas this year now, the the league is so tight that, like, the actual difference between, you know, first and eighth and then, you know, fourth and twelfth is actually not that big. So, Mm. I think they're a sneaky chance too. And like we said at the, start, at the start of this preview, you know, it's it should never be any more than 40%, 60%. So, yes, Collingwood's at home. And honestly, I think that's where it stops. Dacol's coming back. If you throw him in the midfield off, off no like no funnels games whatsoever, it's a yeah. whole catch-22 around. Do you want the break? Do you want to play two games in five weeks? Or you want to play every week yeah. and be match fit? So, you know, the numbers suggest the Giants the highest scoring team since around 13. They outscored their teams from intercepts. They outscored their team, uh, outscored their opponents from stoppages. They got, you know, mm. stars galore, two greens and a hogan. Yeah. It's looking pretty good. So, um, yeah, that will be your upset. That will be your way upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, who knows about the next game. But, yeah, Giants to play in another grand final, much to the chagrin of Victorians. (laughs) But much to the pleasure of Gil McLaughlin, and his last year as well. This is Gil's dream. He leaves the AFL this year, and it's his dream to see the Orange team win a Premiership. But would he want that over... A Collingwood Carlton Grand Final. Well, I don't think he cares about the Collingwood Carlton Grand Final as much because, yeah, like he doesn't. It's money that goes on next year's bills anyway, He's not there next year. So,
1: yeah, fair enough. So he, yeah, gets, he gets to tick
0: that box. Yeah. I got the Giants a premiership. Saturday night, Brisbane versus Carlton. My question to you is that, is this the biggest preliminary funnel since 1999? (laughs) The biggest. uh, And the answer to that is, don't answer it because that's a dumb, stupid, rhetorical, historical (laughs) question. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. My actual question, and I do mean this, is that does this Carlton team actually sneakily suck?
1: They got extremely lucky the other day uh, on the weekend against Melbourne. I don't think they suck. Okay, they don't suck because they're playing finals. They're not not
0: West Coast, North Melbourne. Those teams suck. But like, they played Sydney. So they they basically got the bye week one. Yeah. Sydney wasn't up for it. Like they went, you know. Yeah, they... They got the easiest matchup. Yeah. If they had to St Kilda, much tighter game. Yeah. If they had to play GWS, much yep. tighter game. So I agree. They got lucky with the with the fixed dream there. Well not the fixed dream, but where they finished. Yep. And then last week, Melbourne did it again. Yeah. Dominated the game,
1: didn't win it. Extremely lucky. I just can't believe Melbourne did not Close that game out. They were they had a two goal lead with a few minutes to go. I, I'm still thinking about it till today. Like, how how can you throw that away?
0: And, and especially not like this is not a young side. It's not you know it's our first time in a prelims. This is a side that's won a yeah. premiership in the last five years. It's like most of those players was, were involved in that premiership.
1: Like, yeah, it was a bizarre game. Really, yeah. really is bizarre. And um, yeah. Now I now we'll get a proper look at Carlton because um, this is the hardest. Task besides from probably facing Collingwood at the MCG, but I think playing Brisbane at the Gabbo is probably the hardest place to go in this final series. And um, yeah, we'll we'll get a good look at the Blues. If if they, look, if they win, fair play to them. They've deserved it. Yeah. Um, Because the Lions haven't lost there all season. Um, But yeah, I, I just, I don't really get the same feeling with the Blues that I do with the Giants. I don't really think there is I mean there is a chance of an upset but I'm not going to predict it yes I've probably gone a bit early with my prediction Apologies. that's okay I think
0: I think this is fairly obvious and so unfortunately yeah. a, less, a
1: less in-depth analysis
0: to be had here because there's at least really so many ways you can say that Brisbane is a far better team on paper yeah. than, than Carlton is um, I do have some trivia though for you of course it's the theme <laughs> this week is trivia yeah. uh, only three AFL coaches have coached a final against a club that they also used to coach for who also, are they? Okay. One's obvious because it's Michael this week. Voss. Michael Voss.
1: Um. Yeah. All right. Gosh. How, how much time do I get on this? <laughs> um, I'll
0: give some clues. So Michael Voss. Yeah. Michael Voss also used to play for. Yeah, the Lions. Yeah. So yeah. the other coach coached the
1: Lions. Oh, Lee Matthews. Lee Matthews. Yeah.
0: Lee Matthews previously coached Collingwood the yeah. third coach Maltes. used to coach collingwood yes and he used to coach for played yeah. against west coast so, thank you for the assistance there you go would have been there but yes day. so uh, he joins malthouse and lee and uh, lee matthews as the only three coaches Good ron company. barassi didn't even do that yeah. he also didn't coach in the afl era but i neither did uh, david parkin who did coach in the afl era yeah. but he did not coach against hawthorne or fitzroy when he was coaching in carlton yeah there you and, go and uh, david P- uh, dennis pagan Coach for Carlton, but when he coached them, they, they sucked.
1: Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Wow. Good one. And
0: indeed. Uh, back to the preview. Do you have any angles here for how you could possibly uh, see an upset here? Other than just the classic. Brisbane shits the bed in the prelim.
1: Yeah, it's happened before. Obviously, you, you can't ignore that. Like, Brisbane fans will know that uh, all too well. It'll be in the back of their minds, I think. And also, it would be quite. I know I said, you know, Brisbane should win this game, and I'm not really giving Carlton much of a chance. They're, they are riding a, b- a bit of a wave, the Blues, at the moment, especially on the back of that semi final win. Um, but the wave is. Let's be real. The wave is media wave. It's media hype. no there's, their there's nothing. their fans are off of that too.
0: No, 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 it's not mean but as in like the media has realized that there are lots of Carlton fans who haven't seen much glory in the last yes, millennia. It's not that long. <laughs> uh, so like let's hype them all up. Yeah. But like how they played in that semi final. Not very good. Is not going to like, oh my God, we've worked out the secret sauce. Let's go into Brisbane and do the no, same thing but again. Maybe
1: it just gives them that little boost to perform in a prelim. Anything can happen on the day. As mm. soon as you get there, anything can happen. Doesn't yeah. really matter. The, the previous weeks don't matter on the night. So, and look, Carlton, again, on paper, they have a team that's good enough to be the best in the competition. Like they've got. Key forwards that can win games off their own boot. They've got a good midfield. Sam Walsh was brilliant the other night. They've got a Brownlow medalist. Weedering I thought, was very good as well. They're good enough. Yeah. And their fans are going to be traveling up in numbers. Um, so, could be, yeah. You know, if they get off to a good start, who knows? Mm. But I think that that is important. You can't let Brisbane kick the first four or five goals. Because yeah. that's, that's game over and we'll be looking at a blowout. But, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I think I think we do know,
0: and I think The worst case scenario is going to happen here. All Team week, is, all week <laughs> is going to be hyping up a Collingwood Carlton Grand Final. Yeah, we're going to get the upset of a lifetime uh, on Friday <laughs> night when the Giants knock over the. Pies. <laughs> we're going to get a GWS lines. I'm going to get GWS lines Grand Final. Yeah, it, it could easily happen because. Brisbane's second highest scoring team since the Giants since like the bye and and Carlton yeah best yeah. defence they've only conceded 68 points since round 14 yeah. best in the competition but a wise man yeah. across the table from me said <laughs> that it's better to be the team that kicks all the goals than the team that's really good at stopping them
1: yeah you have to yeah exactly and right.
0: so it's it's Brisbane's for the losing and yeah. they'll just they'll just win it
1: yeah and you know what even though it might not be a promoter's dream GWS <laughs> versus Brisbane it is still, it would be such an intriguing matchup. With yeah. the way the Giants are playing right now and on a neutral venue, it would be very interesting. In terms of the actual football spectacle, yeah,
0: that's the best case scenario, I think. They're the two I best teams so left in the competition.
1: Yeah. I think Collingwood is just a bit predictable because, yeah, you know they're going to start off well. They play their best foot in the first half. But it, it, it for me, watching them, it really has gotten to the point where, okay, I know the half time score. I know what's going to happen. Mm. No, nothing really shocks me about the Pies um, over the last couple of months. They're, I think they've become a little bit predictable and it's been an issue for them for a while. And again, I think they're a team that struggles with the, the key forward aspect. I don't think McStay has been in the best form. They <coughs> rely heavily on check to kick their goals um, and a few of their smalls as well. But it can be stopped quite easily, as we saw from a few teams in the second half of the season. Yeah. Did they lose, I think it was like three out of their last four or three out, hmm. three out of their last five? Um, yeah. I Yeah. We'll, we'll see, obviously, but um, I'm leaning towards the Giants and the Lions. And then uh, all importantly, Monday night,
0: the Brownlow. What a nice. Yes. What a, what a, what a, do you watch the brand low? I do, just for the sake of it. I don't and when really, you say when you watch it, like, do you watch it, watch it? Or do you like have it
1: on? <sighs> no, I watch it. I watch it. Because usually I've got some sort of investment in it. <laughs> but like, wh- <laughs> other than that, yeah. Because even then it's kind of like,
0: you don't need to watch it. Yeah,
1: I know. Why is it
0: telecast? Yeah. It's just a, a blow counting numbers. Yeah, I know.
1: It, it, you're right. Um,
0: Because even when you played sport, or if you do still play sport, like the the count night is the worst function of the year. Yeah. Because, again, all it is is just some old guy at the top of the side of, top of the room just yeah. going round one, seven yeah. votes, this bloke. Like, yeah, it is a bit boring. It's like, can we just get to the end and find out who wins the medal? Oh, the good guy who always wins it. Cool. Yeah. Let's go on with it. So. The,
1: the boring part for me are all the little in-betweens that they've got. You know, they'll do the first five rounds and then they'll yeah. talk for half an hour about something else and whether it's a like goal or mark of the year or whatever. Yeah. that And all the little awards that get passed around, that's probably when I, you know, my... F- Attention goes elsewhere. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, 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 I don't hate it. I, I'd be wrong if I said I don't watch it. I'd be yeah. lying. So that's
0: well, because we're football naps, But like exactly. other than that, you watch it because you think you have to. Basically, not because yeah.
1: You... I've got uh, I wouldn't watch the red carpet, but my other half would. So yeah. that's that's on as well. But... If
0: anything, the red carpet's much better than the actual telecast. Yeah, I uh, agree. Actually, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's just by the by. Uh, who will who's gonna win? Who's gonna win the Brownlow this year? Um. Who, who do you think will win and who do you think should win? As in, who do you think was the best player this year and who do you think will win the
1: Bompton Pally will win it. Will win it? Yeah. I Again, Dacos was probably leading before he got injured. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, obviously his injury. So maybe, I guess, Dacos should be the winner based off his he's the games that he did play um, but I think Bond will catch him in the end yeah 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 yeah, it'll de- def- def- be close. Definitely close between those two. I don't really think there's anyone else. Butters, I'm not buying into. Um, Toronto died off in the second half of the season. Who yeah. else was there? Uh,
0: the top five in terms of the markets, and also from our friends at uh, Stats Insider on their uh, predictor okay. algorithm, yes. uh, have DeCosta, Pelly, Butters, Petraka,
1: and Patraca. Neil. No, I'm not buying. No, I'm not buying into the last two, Petraka and Neil. No, 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 no.
0: Yeah. So. Uh,
1: I look again, I'm not much of a gambling man, but I'd be investing quite heavily uh, in that's not very responsible but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Bontempele I think yeah. I think he's got it sewn up to be honest and
0: here's the smaller one as well because like the, the clear favourite and the narrative line especially if Collingwood gets into the grand final uh, Dacos suddenly we'll see Dacos's odds roll in it's like classic like grand final week yeah. hype Yeah, and same with Lockie Neal like Lockie Neal will get overpriced once Brisbane smash smash Carlton and he has like 46 touches even though yeah. there's no count from the finals, where everyone just goes, oh yeah, that's right. Locky Neal's really good, and then roll him in as well. But yeah, Bontempi and, and, and Pelly deserves it. Yeah, he it's does. It's one of those final ones where like, it's not quite like the Academy Awards, where like you know you've done four good movies, so we'll give you, we'll give it to you for an okay movie that you probably didn't deserve it for. But like this year, he played yeah. really well. The dogs he, weren't that great, but um, he probably he, well. he
1: probably should have won it a couple of years ago. I think it was the year Wines won it. Mm. Was it Wines or? Bo- uh, I think only Wines, Yeah, this yeah. Was the wines one. Yeah, I think he he was pretty hard done by there. So yeah, this this season he was he was very impressive. So I reckon he'll he'll grab it. There we go.
0: So here we are in the setting light, the MCG in the background, and uh, here we have the home of football. Three games to go. And then uh, a little surprise uh, tidbit. If you are a independent content creator, we're going to be doing our classic uh, interview series during Trade Week because we hate Trade Week and we hate trades. Mm-hmm. So instead, we want to listen yes. t- uh, to you guys talk about the season that was because no one knows your club's better than yourself. So get in contact if you want to be on our show. Otherwise, we'll get in contact with you. And otherwise, uh, enjoy Friday night's nail-biting game. And uh, you know what? If you wanted to uh, flicker across the NRL... Uh, on Saturday Go the workers. go Brizzy, and go the big, big orange sound on the west side of town.